Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify your name. You are a good, good God. And for that, Lord, we are just always thankful. And this morning, we, we want to lift up your name. We glorify your name, knowing that you are our provider. You are our Alpha, our Omega. You are our beginning and our end. You are the very reason why we breathe. You are the reason why we are alive. You are our blesser. You are the one who whose presence is always with us and in us. You are the one who, whose barak blessing you have poured upon us, O Lord of Father God. Lord, in this season of Father God of increase, in this season of, of wealth transfer, in this season of, of increase, in this season of blessing, Father, help us to understand your word. Help us to understand who you are. Help us to understand scripture as we navigate life. Not as the world, but as believers, knowing the difference between how to live in the world through the principles of the world but, and the principles of God's word and the kingdom of God. <clears throat> Let our minds and our spirit be open. Let our understanding increase in the knowledge of you, in the knowledge of your scriptures, in the knowledge of your word, that we may prosper, that it may be well with us in every part of our life, O Lord. Open the eyes of our heart and of our understanding, Holy Spirit, right now as I speak. And even as I speak, O oh Lord, the utterances of my mouth, from my mouth, the spirit behind every word, let it charge somebody here today. Let it charge every one of them here today and take us to the next level. Take us to the next level of understanding. Father, for we are not here to speak mere words, but words that carry weight, words that carry the spirit, words that carry the wisdom of God, words that carry the weight of your presence, O oh Father. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We are not here to welcome, but here to have and walk by faith, knowing, Lord, that the life of Christian is a life of consciousness. Of your word and your presence and your spirit, O oh Father. We bless you. Anoint this message with your presence. Let the words change, transform, elevate somebody, heal somebody, liberate somebody. People who are sitting here, people who are listening to the podcast, whoever at any time when they come in contact with this, their lives will be transformed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to understand that there is a difference between a sermon and a message from God. Amen. When we think of a sermon, we think of pastors sitting down and preparing and thinking of what to say. But when God begins to speak to a church through the fivefolds, the apostolic, the, the prophetic, God wants to transform lives. Amen. I'm not interested in preaching nice messages. I'm interested in speaking words which carry weight and the spirit that resonates with your spirit, that enters your spirit, that penetrates the very depth of your spirit. And brings about a transformation. And then you have a moment in your life. 
where this message changes something inside of you transforms something inside of you you didn't try to change it you didn't try to work on it it just flip the switch it just changed something and then you begin to see things with a new and fresh perspective hallelujah praise the lord and that's how the the apostles prayed that the words the utterances that they speak will change and transform the lives and nations hallelujah amen today we live in a in a, a day and age of social media where it's all about the nice messages it's all about the the fancy how good the church looks and how fancy it's all about but but i'm not interested in any of that stuff uh, well if we have to do things excellently well and good we can do that but we're not focused on that we are focused on the raw power of the word of god hallelujah the word of god has the power to change you the word of god has the power to transform you the word of god has the power to transform a nation amen but that but 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 at the trend that i'm seeing is uh, on one side christians are so caught up with uh, with the with the performance and the and the uh, you know uh, presentation which we need i'm not saying no to that we need to work on it but that's not our priority and on the other hand we have a trend of evangelism and missions as much as evangelism and missions are important the church is not called to evangelize now this may seem very you know like a questionable statement but let me let me explain it to you nowhere in the great commission jesus said go and evangelize the world he said go and preach the gospel disciple them amen go and preach the gospel baptize them and then what disciple them but we spend a lot of money and effort in evangelism which is needed yes it's needed but the church's primary goal and function is not just evangelism because the problem is we have a lot of converts who have entered the kingdom but are not enjoying the benefits of the kingdom It's like you you convince somebody to join your club <clears throat> they paid a lot of money to get into the club a lot of influence to get into the club but they are not using the facilities of the club what use is it if you join a golf club and you never played golf there you just say i have membership there but i'm not using any of the facilities i'm not using any of the all the offers that they have you're not using any of it are you with me two years ago i signed up for a for a insurance thing that i thought was really nice i signed up for it but after two years i realized i never used the benefits of the of the insurance provider they gave me an app and the app has lot of offers 50% of here 50 i said what how did i miss this 
Hallelujah. Only now, last week when I was looking for new gyms because I'm now living in a different place, I was looking at the app and I realized I can pay half the price for a particular gym that I thought was kind of expensive. But when I went through the app, the app was offering what? 50% off. All this while, I didn't know that I could get the 50% off. Did I have access to it? Yes, I had access to it. But what was the reason I didn't access it? I didn't know what was provided for me. Amen? I didn't know what I could rightfully access. So when I went to sign up, even the person there who was signing up was so shocked. Are you, are you, how, do you, how did you do this? I said, I don't know. It's just there on my app and I signed up and they gave me 50% off. Everything is 50% off. She said, you, my joining fee, I paid 50% off. Yearly fee, 50% off. She said, I don't know anything about this. I said, it's okay. As long as you give me the 50% off. Everybody say, access comes through knowledge. Amen. Access in the kingdom also comes through knowledge. In life, access comes through knowledge. The more you know, the more you have access. The more you know, the more experience you have, the more you have access. Recently, somebody said something about how the anointing is greater than experience. Somebody said, if you got the anointing, you don't need experience. You can just go. I said, okay, I'm going to just ask God for the anointing to be a surgeon. And I'm not going to go to school. And I'm just going to go and perform a surgery because the anointing is upon my life. Or I'm going to get trained as a pastor. And I'm, going to, I'm, I'm not going to go through the experience of training and, 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 and being in the mission field and being under a pastor to learn all the things. I'm just going to use the anointing. I'm going to, I'm going to just pray and pray and say, God, give me the anointing. I'm going to go out there and do something. I'm going to be an utter failure. Praise the Lord. The anointing increases the capacity of what is already in you. The anointing cannot do anything if you haven't put in the work. The anointing cannot do anything if you don't have the right tools and the knowledge. Amen? You are excelling at your workplace because of the capacity of the knowledge that you have. The anointing takes that knowledge and it elevates it. It blows it up. It makes it better. Are you with me? Anointing in itself cannot make you an excellent person. The anointing itself cannot change your character. The anointing itself cannot make you a better person. The anointing exaggerates or it blows up or it increases the capacity of what you already possess. Amen? So experience is important. Knowledge is important. Self-growth and development is important. 
If you don't work on yourself, God has nothing to increase. Amen? If you're always lazy, He doesn't want to give you the anointing to be more powerfully lazy. Amen? Are you with me? You, you, you got to put in the work. So I, I, I disagreed with what this dear um, person was trying to say. And, 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 and out of his uh, passion, he said the anointing is greater than experience. And I said, look, I understand what you're trying to say. I understand what you're trying to say. But the problem is, Christians are so focused on the anointing and prayer. And believing God for something... And, and, and not putting in the work to increase the knowledge. To spend time in the word. To develop themselves. Hallelujah. You cannot be excellent in what you do if you don't put in the work. You cannot be excellent in, a, in, in, in your character if you don't work on your character. God is not going to come and change your character for you. Some people pray like this, God, you know I'm, a, I'm the worst fellow. Change my heart. I will continue to do these things, but change my heart. It doesn't work like that. Yes, we have to have the humility to say, yes, Lord, I'm going through this, but I believe that I'm getting out of this. Hallelujah. I believe that I can walk out of this addiction. I can walk out of this mindset. I can walk out of this because God with you, all things are possible. And even when you fail and fall, you got to keep speaking to yourself. You got to keep talking to yourself because the most important words you will ever speak in your life are the words you speak to yourself. Amen. Say this with me. The most important words are the words I tell myself. The words you speak about yourself. The words you speak about your future. The words you say will determine the foundations of what you're going to do tomorrow. Hallelujah. You know, with all the pandemic and everything going, a lot of people say about how it was God's time for people to go home. And about how God took them Let me tell you the truth. God never called anybody home. God never calls anybody to heaven. God never... God's plan was never to call anybody home. Are you with me? We'll come to that. We'll come to that later. I'll explain that. People call themselves home. People decide when they go home. When you... Speak over your life and when you decide that you're done with life or if you have spoken something upon your life or against your life, sometimes it happens and most times it happens. That's why you got to be careful what you speak about, about yourself because life and death are in the power of your, of your tongue. For me, I believe if God has said 120 as the cap. 120 it is. Amen. And I'm pressing on towards that goal. I don't know about you. But I'm going to put my faith for what? 120. Amen. And if God gives me the revelation. That I'm going to exceed 120. 
I'm going to exceed 120. Hallelujah. But right now, I'm pursuing and holding on and pushing on to 120. Amen. Praise the Lord. I've seen it in the word. I believe it in the word. But I want God to give me the right revelation and understanding to get into it. Amen. I'm working on it. I'm not there yet. But I'm working on it. Amen. Because when God started giving me the revelation of divine help, now I'm declaring divine help over my life. Amen. I want to speak help over my life. I want to speak constant divine help over my life. I'm constantly speaking these things because I'm getting into the word, getting into the understanding of the word. And I said, Lord, I had a wrong understanding of the word before, but I, my, 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 my understanding has changed. I'm looking at divine help. I'm looking at not falling sick. And I'm speaking that over my life. Hallelujah. And as I progress in that, I'm going to say, Lord, I want to reach out to 120. I want to break the 70, 80 cap, reach 100 and push on unto 120. Because the Bible says uh, that Moses' eyes were not dim. His strength was not shortened. Because even when he was 120 years old. Hallelujah. He pushed into a realm of glory. He knew something the others didn't know. Caleb and Joshua knew something. They experienced something the others didn't know. Everybody say knowledge. knowledge. Knowledge sets you apart. The right understanding sets you apart. Amen. But this knowledge must not stay in just your mind or your soul. For many Christians, they hear it. They are hearers of the word, but not doers of the word. Because the word is not mixed with faith. Everybody say, mix the word with faith. Because faith is what touches God. Faith is what activates God's power to work in your life. If there are words and there is no faith, God's power will not be activated. What activates His power in your life is what? Faith. Jesus said, I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. Amen. When you go to Genesis chapter number, Genesis chapter number 1 verse 26. Genesis chapter number 1 verse 26. If you're there, say Amen. Are you there? Or are you still searching for Genesis? <laughs> it's after Exodus. <laughs> Genesis chapter number 1. When I was young, I, I, I used to pride myself in opening Psalms right away. Because my mom told me it's in the middle of the Bible. So it's in the middle of the Bible. Yes, I got it. It's in Psalms. <laughs> Amen. So Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Then the Lord said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let us make man in our own image according to our 
likeness. Everybody say, I am like God. I'm a son of God. Amen. I am like God. If he is my father, I am exactly like him. But why aren't we operating like him? We'll get to that. Now, there are fine details that we have to keep looking into. You know, I keep going back to this, the beginning. Because the beginning is what helps us to understand where we went wrong and how we can correct it. And it is something that we need to keep meditating upon until the truth is so embedded in our spirit that we become and operate like Jesus. In the eyes of God, He doesn't see 7.5 billion people alone. Okay? When we see, we see individuals. 7.5 billion people. God doesn't look like that. Of course, He caters to each and everyone individually. And you can all say, I am God's favorite. But there is no favorites for God. Are you with me? Because God, He doesn't have favoritism. Are you with me? He's not a respecter of man. He doesn't say, this one special, this one special. The reason why some people seem special is because they have tapped into a level of faith. They have tapped into a level of revelation. That's why it seems like they are favorites. It seems like God responds to them in a different way. People like Moses. And we're going to see why and what Moses did to enter that level. What did Abraham do to enter that level? What did Paul do to enter that level? Am I speaking to a generation who will be like Moses? Or even better, even bigger. Am I speaking to a generation who will be like Paul the Apostle? Am I speaking to a generation that who will know the Father like Jesus? Amen. So God is no respecter of persons. God didn't respect Moses more than everybody else. It's just that Moses saw things differently. Amen. When you begin to see things differently, things will begin to happen in your life too. Amen. It all depends on your level of knowledge, your level of revelation, and most importantly, your relationship with God. Amen. When the Pentecostal movement started, a lot of emphasis was put on the Holy Spirit. Benny Hinn, Catherine Kuhlman, all they ever spoke about was the Holy Spirit and the anointing. The power of God. When you focus on one subject and when you dedicate your life to knowing that subject and growing in it, you will begin to manifest in it. And that's really what happened. And God honored it at that time. I have nothing against it. I respect it and I honor it. But I believe we have moved past that generation. Where the focus must not be fully and only on the Holy Spirit. Let me explain. Because the Holy Spirit 
does not have any revelation about himself. He only reveals Jesus. He doesn't point towards himself, but towards who? Jesus. Holy Spirit never speaks about himself. He points you to the word. He points you to the express image of the father who is the word, who is Jesus. Hallelujah. When the Holy Spirit speaks about something, he's speaking about who? Jesus. He is the revealer of truth. That's why Jesus says, when he, the Holy Spirit, come, he will remind you of what I have spoken. He will take of what is mine and make it yours. He will give to you. He will not give what is himself. He will only give to you the word of God. Reveal to you who? Jesus. Are you with me? But the previous generation had this idea or a mentality where they were tapping into the power of God. Where it was all about laying on of hands and falling down and, and jumping up and down and rolling and flooring on the floor. And that was looked as power. Now look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have anything against it. In my own ministry, I've laid hands, I've, I've stood before people and I've, I've, I've just laid hands and, and a group of people just fall on the ground. There's one time I was ministering in the Philippines. I, I, I just, I didn't even touch the people. I just went in front of the people and I just did that. And all the people just falling. Boom, 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 boom. Like dominoes, they were just falling down. I've experienced it in my life. But that doesn't mark my ministry. Are you with me? That doesn't represent power. You're getting what I'm saying? So, that generation was so invested in the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and, 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 and wanting to move in the power of God and all of that, and which is great. So they speak in tongues, they move in the power and everything, and they go out and they're still miserable. People moved under the anointing, were pushed under the anointing, filled with the Holy Spirit. After a few days, it wears off and they're still the same person that they were before that. Why? Because the teachings, the right understanding of knowledge of the principles of God's kingdom was not taught. I said, missions and evangelism is not the sole purpose of the church. So what happened was evangelists started coming out of churches and they would go and preach mass crusades. Itinerary ministers would go and preach big crusades. People will fall under the anointing, give their life to Jesus. Convictions will move and the Holy Spirit, yes, will move in the hearts of people and bring them into Jesus. And they were still unchurched, undiscipled, staying at the cross, not being taught what it was to walk in the <coughs> principles of God, 
they had the person of Christ but not the the principles of Christ so we started having mega churches big churches where people were coming so now what happens with the whole social media thing with the whole performance ministry thing everybody has to maintain an image week after week so it all became a performance it all became wow what a great worship guitars and music and lights and that was awesome and you felt part and people felt part of the community and then the pastor will come and preach a very energetic charismatic message how people were like wow that's amazing look at his sneakers look at his jacket look at the way he's delivering the message that's my pastor somebody's looking at my sneakers <laughs> i'm just wearing boring sneakers and week after week it became religion going to church instead of understanding the principles and excelling in faith your christian life my friend will be determined by what your faith has done for you i want to challenge somebody here today is your faith showing results in your life tell me those testimonies is your faith moving mountains in your life show me that testimony is your faith provoking somebody else to go to the next level and say i am tired of sitting on this mountain it is time for me to move on hallelujah you must be tired of things not working out for you you must get come to a point and say it's i either just give up on this religion or i want faith to work for me hallelujah i want faith to work for me i want to get into the word of god but i'm telling you something it works amen it works if you are diligent enough if you are a student of the word of god if you listen carefully to the instructions and the principles and you get into the word you study the word you spend time with god you believe and you build upon that word and that foundation things will happen for you amen it's all up to you that's why the anointing now and does anything the anointing doesn't do anything the anointing the anointing promotes what you already have amen let's say a person is anointed but he doesn't know the word what is he going to come and preach that's why people talk about testimony and experiences see testimony is powerful we need to talk about testimony the uh, testimony is the prophecy the spirit of prophecy is the spirit of jesus you understand so when we testimony when we testify we glorify jesus the spirit of prophecy you understand it is important but we've got lot of good storytellers and great communi- you know uh, communicators who are trained to communicate okay without the right tools to empower and equip people so what happened mass evangelism coming into the kingdom because the gospel 
अस्पृष्ट है यू हैव टू अंडरस्टैंड समथिंग देर इज गॉस्पल ऑफ सेल्वेशन हाउ मनी ऑफ यू नो गॉस्पल ऑफ सेल्वेशन वॉट इज द गॉस्पल ऑफ सेल्वेशन Jesus paid the price he died for you you believe in him and you are saved that is the gospel of salvation simple we sit in this gospel of salvation for life church is not about gospel of salvation alone because when jesus came he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom what is the gospel of the kingdom what is the gospel of the kingdom the good news of the kingdom because in god's eyes even though he talks to you individually and he relates with you individually and he says my son my daughter he has a individual word for you when god looks at the whole world he sees two two sets of people two sets of people one come under the first adam and another group of people come under the second adam jesus when god created adam he said i have created you in my image and my likeness we saw in genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and then adam was exactly like god so he could create other humans who are in the same likeness and image of adam who was created in the image and likeness of god so adam and eve were commissioned to create and bring more into the world you are understanding so whoever came under the lineage of adam carried the image and the likeness of adam when adam fails the failed image and likeness continued are you with me what is sin separation what is death separation when sin entered what entered what entered death entered when sin entered the soul separated from the spirit you understand what is death death is to be alive to something and dead to something else i will go as slow as possible say death is to be alive to something and dead to something else man became alive to sin and dead to god that is death when you became dead to god when god became enemy in your mind when you became separated from the father you became alive to death and sin that is why through christ jesus now we are alive to god and righteousness dead to sin and death death has no power over me now this life i have i am dead now to what 
to my older self. I, are you getting what I'm saying? So what is death separation? What is sin separation? So in death, you're alive to sin, but dead to God. The soul and the spirit separated. They were created, joined together. See, let me explain to you something. Soul and spirit can be separated. They can disconnect. How many of you know this? So you can be a Christian and your soul and your spirit can disconnect. You can be saved, but mentally you can be unwell and mentally you can have problems and mentally you can be depressed because your soul and your spirit separated. The word of God is like a double-edged sword splitting between bone and marrow. Spirit and spirit and what does the word of God do? It shows you the difference. It splits it and it shows you. This is your soul. This is your spirit. You understand? The body is to be under the subjection of the spirit. The body cannot make a decision on its own. When the separation came during Adam's fall, the soul and the spirit separated. The spirit was no longer led by the Holy Spirit. Was no longer led by God. No longer knew God. Was no longer walking with God in the pool of the garden. So the soul now took charge. Reason, knowledge of good and evil, all the negative things, fear, took over the soul, afraid of the father, and the soul now started ruling the body. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. You wake up in the morning. Your spirit man says, wake up, go to work. Your soul says, sleep a little bit more. And your spirit says, fool. Proverbs says. <laughs> and the soul says, no, 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 no. It's nice. It's cozy. It's comfortable. Body. Don't you feel good for it? Yes, yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. So, spirit is always pushing us to discipline. I don't like it. Spirit says, go and exercise. Body's like, oh, okay, fine, fine, fine. I'll exercise during winter. And you're exercising. Spirit, are you sure? This is so hard. I don't want this discipline. Soul says, you're right, buddy. Go home now. Go have that burger that you're looking for, you're craving for. He says, no, 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 no. You just put on 10 pounds. You, 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 you're getting all, you know, uh, your skin is not clear. You are, you're feeling so sick. But the soul says, life is short. Enjoy. The spirit says, no, you'll be a fool if you do that. Come on, be healthy. Do the, follow the principles of the world. Pastor Sam told you, follow the principles, follow the principles. Soul says, listen, for one week, if you don't listen, you will not die, okay? Just do what happens? The soul and the spirit are what? Trying to separate. When we have the word of God, what the word of God does, it puts the spirit above. It puts back the spirit and dominion because now the spirit is strong. Now the spirit is, is, it knows and takes dominion. Hallelujah. The spirit man takes dominion and tells the soul, shut up and sit down. Listen to me. The body says, oh, sorry, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. 
That's why Paul says, I beat my body. I bring it under subjection. Amen. Anything that is not under your control will be ruling over you. Say this to me. Anything that is not under my control, that is not under my authority, will try to rule over me. Amen. Are you with me? So God created man that way for his spirit to rule over him. Not just everything else, but over his soul and his body as well. Because the soul and the body were created. The spirit was not created. Come on, are you hearing me today? Because the soul and the body were created, they'll try to take dominion over the spirit. But the spirit was not created. The spirit was made in the image and the likeness of God. Your body was not made in the image and likeness of God. Your soul was not made in the image and likeness of God. Your spirit came from God. Your spirit is eternal. Your spirit man cannot die. Your spirit has no age. Your spirit was not born. It was birthed out of God. Your spirit man did not just because was a fetus one day, was a single cell uh, one day, and then boom, 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 and spirit man. No, your spirit man was taken out of God, was birthed out of God. Everything in your spirit has full potential. But what is blocking that full potential from coming out? Your mind, your soul, your insecurities, your lack, your lack of understanding. So it is stopping the spirit from functioning to its fullest. Amen. That is why the word of God will show split between soul and spirit. Bring the spirit man up. Put it in dominion. And says rule over everything. Including your own soul and your soul and body. Praise the Lord. The principles. So what happens? We have a bunch of people who go to church, who enjoy community, were saved because they said a prayer, who don't know themselves, who don't know their relationship with God, don't know the word of God, getting by in life, not ruling and walking in dominion, giving excuses for addictions, giving excuses for whatever weaknesses that they may have over their life without working on themselves and since saying the anointing will do everything. You understand? So we're p- pumping money into missions, sending people into missions. And I, and I have been into missions and I loved it. And I see the importance of it. But I, the more I matured in God, I realized as much as I'm going to do missions, majority of my time is going to go into discipleship. You see Jesus, thousands thronged up around him, right? But he only poured out into 12 people. What was that? The 12 disciples. Discipleship. And the 12 people equipped with the words of Jesus changed the whole world. Amen. As much as crowd, it looks so nice and fancy, not everyone will sit under to be discipled. So if you are coming to be discipled and growing the word of God, that is the greatest start we can ever have. That is the greatest church we can ever have. Amen. I'd rather have 12 people who are ready to be discipled in the word 
than a thousand people were going in and out. Amen. Praise the Lord. Twelve people can change the whole world who believe right and are ready to be disciples than a thousand people who are not ready to sit under the presence and the teachings of the word of God. Amen. So we have the gospel of salvation, which is the core salvation message of getting saved. Then after you come into the kingdom, what do you do? It's like coming, I said, no, joining a club and not using the benefits of the club. So now the gospel of the kingdom must be preached. Taught. What is the gospel of the kingdom? What we are talking about now. Amen. What are the benefits in the kingdom? What has Jesus already done for me in the kingdom? Who am I in the kingdom? What is my identity in the kingdom? How can I access my rights as a citizen of this kingdom? As a member. You all have membership, right? But you need to know the access code for every room that leads to those benefits. Amen. And faith is your access. Right knowledge is the access. Amen. When it comes to healing, you must have the right access, access to the right knowledge that gives us faith to healing. When it comes to deliverance, we must have the right knowledge to access faith for deliverance. When it comes to prosperity, we must have the right knowledge to access the faith for prosperity. The principles. That's why we were talking about the principles of prosperity, right? See how vast the subject is. So many things to talk about. And we are still in the surface. I'm still teaching the basics of, of the kingdom message. The principles of Christ. Amen. That's why I took time to teach faith. We spent a few weeks teaching faith. Because I can be talking about all of this. And if you lack faith. You can't access. Right. That's why I spent time teaching faith. Weeks and weeks of talking about faith. And now we are moving into the principles. We are moving into the different subjects of how to access these things by faith. I've given you the card. Now you need to know the code. Faith is the, the access card. You need to know the pin. The right knowledge. Different things need different access codes. Hallelujah. Your healing has a different access code. You can apply healing principle for prosperity. You can apply... Divine health for deliverance. So everything has different understanding in the word. Hallelujah. So God made the spirit to rule over whole world, right? But you don't have rulership over your own body and soul. Where does rulership begin then? With yourself. Says with me, rulership and dominion begins with myself. Okay, I'm going to make a statement again. Okay, this will shock a lot of people. Okay, say this to me God has the power to kill me, but He does not have the authority to kill me. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. Only you have authority over your own life. Let them have dominion, authority, rulership. In this 
earth. Right? God, when he made that statement, he gave authority and rulership to who? To who? So on earth, who has authority? Who has authority? God does not have? God does not have? On earth. That's why we pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in we are giving him permission to work on earth. Okay. Say this with me. God has the power to make me rich. But he does not have the authority. God has the power to heal you. But he does not have the authority. That's why you can be poor and miserable or going through a crisis or a sickness and he's not going to come just like that and heal without a human agency. Because power, the authority was given to who? To Adam. When authority was given to Adam, God stepped out of the authority realm. The reason being, God the heavens belongs to God and the earth, the Bible says, he has given to man. And man is called to rule over himself, rule over whatever God has given to him. So this is core basic principle you need to understand. If you understand this, a lot of things will make sense. Now when God said, you take authority, you rule over the earth, he handed over authority to him. To, the, to Adam, first Adam. Then when Adam and Eve obeyed who? Satan. They handed over the authority to? To Satan. Then, 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 decay and sin came. And Satan became the ruler of this world. And Satan began to influence the thoughts and patterns of man. So when Satan begins to, began to influence the thoughts and patterns of man, he began to influence the pattern of the world, the systems of the world. The, world, the earth was cursed. Come, let's go to Genesis. Chapter 3, verse 17 to 19. Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 to 19. If you're there, say Amen. Alright, to Adam he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken for dust you are and to dust you will return. See, God says you were created in my image but now he says you are dust. Why? What happened? The spirit was separated from his soul. The spirit was no longer dominating and he he became he was just a soul okay so god when he created humans he breathed into them and the soul became a living being okay so a lot of humans don't realize the function from their spirit because even though they are living beings they are operating with us from the soulish realm 
okay so because they're operating from the soulish realm they can have a certain level of success so the spirit is what is created in the image of god and the spirit has unlimited potential when it is joined to god and obeys god and walks in the ways of god so the spirit got disconnected from the soul so adam was just a mere living being with a flesh body and it will go to back to dust you understand so god created humans with a soul which is a living being and the consciousness of man lives on forever along with the spirit animals have a soul but they are not living beings with the breath of god so when an animal dies it ceases to exist forever a plant has a body it has life in it but it does not have a soul when a plant dies it ceases to exist forever <coughs> so you will not see your dog in heaven you will not see your cats in heaven they were created for you for your benefit you understand animals cattle all these beasts everything were created for the benefit of man only man was a living being with a spirit and he lives on for forever are you with me so you cannot pray lord i want to see my dog in heaven you know your goldfish in heaven is not going to happen it's not going to happen all right so now this man spirit is disconnected from the soul begins to walk in a soulish realm operates from the soulish realm tries to achieve things from the soulish realm and he's following the principles and patterns set in this world even though jesus died for each and every one of us the patterns of the curse are still at work in this world and satan is still roaming around like a roaring lion whom he may devour for us he is bound because we operate by faith understand death the last enemy has not yet been put under our feet it's been put under the feet of jesus but not under our feet satan's head has been crushed so he's a little spastic and he's a little crazy but he cannot have authority unless we give him the authority but he can still rule over the first adam because first adam gave up the authority to to who satan so whoever comes under the lineage of first adam is under who yet still under satan that's why he can move and shift things around in the world even though that's why you ask me oh if jesus defeated satan how come he still has influence because first adam lineage still exists <coughs> you're getting what i'm saying because first adam is still existing through the lineage and who have not yet come into the kingdom through the to the lineage of second adam and even those who are come under the second adam through ignorance they die through ignorance they are perishing you understand my people perish for lack of 
knowledge. So the first Adam people are still under the influence of Satan. So they can be manipulated and the systems of the world can move through them. Are you with me? So Satan can bless them. He has an anointing of increase. So don't be surprised if the people in the world can be sometimes very rich and very wealthy but there is something off about them because they can, they can be blessed by by satanic blessing. They can be blessed by an anointing called the Mimshak anointing which is upon Satan. Are you with me? The anointing to increase, the anointing to, 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 for, for glory. He has. He has a certain type of glory but it is corrupted. But the world can have access to that type of blessing. But it's not really a blessing. It really brings death and curse. Are you with me? But how much more as believers who have the anointing from the Holy One, the Holy Spirit can access into unlimited power, unlimited resources. What we are not. So the soul and the spirit, when they're disconnected, when we go back to the word of God, what the word of God does, it begins to help us understand what the soul is like, what the spirit is like, puts the spirit on charge, tells the soul to come under subjection, tells the body to come under subjection. So the way we now live becomes different. Amen. The way we now become, live becomes different. Now, I said, whatever you don't rule over will become your master. What you don't subject and subdue will try to subject and dominate you. So when Adam went into the world, the thorns and thistles, the ground was dominating him. He tried to produce the fruit, but the food was not coming. So he had to go and get cattle and animals and kill them and eat them. In the garden, God was his provider. Everything was provided for him. He just had to maintain it. That was the life of blessing, life of abundance, life of increase. But outside of God, when his soul split from his spirit, and when his spirit split from his father, and his soul spirit died, he didn't really die, it just became subject under the soul. He could not operate from his spirit anymore. He didn't know who he was, he just became a living soul. His spirit was not activated. But when you're born again, your spirit comes alive. God through Christ Jesus and now your spirit can hear God hear the instruction of God know the Bible know the soul and the difference spirit difference and begin to put the spirit and walk in dominion again but before salvation you can't so what now Adam does he goes into the world he tries to dig the soil and plant crops but it's producing thorns and thistles because it's producing curse you understand? So now his whole life, instead of walking with God, instead of being focused on God, his whole life is what? How will I provide for my family? How will I provide for my kids? How will I keep myself healthy? How will I keep myself alive? How will I pay the rent? How will I go to job? Get my pay? The provision was not meant to be your number one worry in life. How you eat was not meant to be how you focus your life on. 
So how you get paid and pay the bills became the number one priority for people. What is everybody's greatest worry? What is my future going to be look like? Why are we studying so we get a good job and get paid? Are you with me? Social security. What is our security? A good job, a good salary, a good uh, pension, good saving. These became man's security. God his father was the main source of everything. Once he left the garden, his main source of everything became his strength. From the sweat of his throat, how he would do things, how can I provide, how can I pay my rent, how can I pay my bills, became his number one priority. And his soul was always worried. His soul was always getting trained in that system. And the spirit was subject under, could not hear God, could not walk in the blessing, could not walk in the barak. And the system of the world became a God that man began to worship. When I say the spirit is unlimited creativity and potential, why are we not doing unlimited creativity and potential? We just don't have the time and energy for it. Pastor, I don't even have time to eat, sleep and go to work, come back, pay my bills. Where do I have time for the passions in my life? That's where you kill your dreams. That's where you kill your future. How are we trained when we grow up? Study, 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 study. So you will not be suffering in your future forced to study things that we don't like. But dad, I like music, shut up, study, study, I want you to become a doctor. Dad, I want to get into this, no, I want you to do this. Right from a young age, we are told what to do, right? Our creativity is skilled. Our, our ability to dream and be passionate is skilled. Some parents are good. They identify the dreams and passions and things. My parents took some time for them to understand. I was born to be this, but I was sent in a different direction until God intervened and pushed me and took me this side. Until my spirit man was trained to understand God, this is not who I'm called to be, this is who I'm called to be. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What becomes the priority of man? Money, earning money, paying bills. Half a life goes into that. Right? Eight hours a day goes. By the time you come back, few hours you have. Where is time for creativity? Where is time for God? Where is time for anything? Are you with me? The system of the world replaces God. Well-meaning Christians are under this. We need to get out of that need mindset, need mentality, and become prosperity mindset. For, you know, for increased mindset and barak mindset. Hallelujah. We need to know that your job, your boss, your salary is not your provision. Thank God for your boss. Thank God for your job. Thank God for your salary. But it is God who is your provider. Hallelujah. As long as you think your job is your provision, you will always be under the subjection of, your, of the principle of the world. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. Another majorly misinterpreted verse. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. Are you there? Can somebody read it? How is this verse interpreted mostly? But I think some of you got what I'm trying to say. How is this verse misinterpreted mostly? Listen, don't love money. Just love God. Don't run after. Run after money. Let me explain this verse to you. Most people do the opposite of this verse. Spending their whole life devoted to earning a living and no time for is living under the curse. And you live under the curse and you devote most of your time to earn a wage. Money becomes your God because you need it. And you despise the things of God. So why do people despise the things of God? Because they have no time for money became their God. It's not about lavish lifestyle. It's not about Oh, don't love money too much and have a lavish lifestyle. It's not about that. It is about who is ruling over your life. When Adam fell, provision from the earth became his God. He had no time for, he had no capacity to know, to know God. When you walk in the blessing, when you walk in the blessing, when you walk in the barak of God, God is your provider, God is your increase, God is your provision, correct? So when God is your provision, increase comes, money is no longer something that I think about or worry about, so it has no control over my life, so therefore it is not my God. How many of you are getting the difference now? How did we look at this verse? Hey, don't love money too much. If you, if you like to be very prosperous, you will forget God. No. In fact, when you walk with God, the increase will come. So therefore, you're not too worried about how money comes. So you're not spending time worrying about money. You are spending most of your time in devotion, a life of creativity, a life of passion, a life that is devoted to who God has created you to be. Not doing what you're told to do. So money is not something that controls your life anymore. Say this with me. Father, in this season of my life, I'm breaking free from the fear of money. From the fear of lack. Money will never control my life. God is my provider. God is my source of provision. When you have this mentality, you're not always worried about your background. You're saying God is my provider and you're setting your life up to a place where, look, 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 I know, I know, I know my, 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 my 
income is not much. I have a lot of expenses and stuff. But I am putting my focus on God in such a way that the way money comes in, the way spending decreases and how the increase comes in my life because God is my provision. I reap and I sow and I sow and I reap and I'm setting myself up for success and money will never have control over my life. Because what is the soul doing? The soul is, un- is the soul is ruling. So what is the soul doing? The soul is always worried about the thorns and thistles. Conscious of the curse. What did God say? You leave my presence, and when you go into the world, thorns and thistles will follow you. How are thorns and thistles following us today? Working really hard and never enough. Correct? Putting money in the account, never enough. Always seems like it's never enough. No matter how much increase comes, never enough. But you're breaking free from that fear in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Increase is coming in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So this verse, how many of you are seeing it in a different light now? How many of you are seeing it in a different light? You cannot serve two masters. When you are always worried about provision, who is your master? (laughs) So it's not only for the rich. It's even, this verse actually is more for the poor mindset. You getting it? Some people say, no, I don't have any lack. Uh, You know, I have very little, but it's okay. I'm happy with God. That's also not walking in fullness. You see, when you don't have resources, you're always worried about resources. You don't have enough energy and creative power to do other things. Is that what we're created to do? Aren't we created for more? Aren't we created for unlimited creativity? Amen? Praise the Lord. You have to walk in such a way. Understanding the blessing of God. Your spirit connected to God. Ruling over every emotions of your soul. Amen. Knowing that God is my provider. Hallelujah. Being under the second Adam makes you exactly like the second Adam, Jesus. You are no longer under the curse. So anything that you notice that is under the curse of the law, Jesus redeemed. The Bible says Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the curse of the of the law. Under the curse, what did we lose? We lost our health. We lost our provision. We lost our identity. In Christ, He has given us back our identity. He's given us back our health. He's given us back our provision. Amen. Praise the Lord. But when you live in this world, you have to know the soul sometimes can still come under the subjection of the patterns of the world. Amen. And that is why we need to renew our mind by the word of God. We need to keep renewing Understanding the principles of Jesus. Understanding the principles and the message of the kingdom. To enjoy the benefits of the 
of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. How many of you are blessed? How many of your minds are renewed? How many of you say, Lord, I will walk in the blessing? Amen. See, it, God has no problem with money. You understand? God has a problem with you struggling for money. Where your focus and everything is about provision. It's not the life God created for us. It's not something we should worry about. It's just something that should come. What does, what does the supply do? When supply is there, we don't have to worry about our choices. We have more choices. You understand? More money means more choices in your life. When you have more choices in your life, you have less things to worry about. Correct? You understand? So, there is nothing wrong with increase. There is nothing wrong with being blessed by God. There is nothing wrong with... You know, a lot of people have this guilt almost feeling when it comes to prosperity. What does prosperity do for believers? It gives us choices. It gives us time. It gives us the ability to focus on our creativity, our passions, and what God has called us to do. If you want to work 9 to 5 all your life, it's up to you. Unless you're doing something you're really called to do, go ahead and do it. Amen? But position your life in such a way that even your 9 to 5 will bless you in such a way, God will bless you in such a way with strength, with health, with resources, with time to do other things that you're passionate about. Is it music you're passionate about? God will give you the time and the resources for it. Amen? Is it reaching out to somebody that you're passionate about? God will give you the resources and the time to focus on it. Amen? Where money is no longer your God, but God is your God. Amen? When God is your God, money becomes a slave that sits under you. Amen? It is a tool. It is a resource that you use do things in your life. Satan has used that resource to keep people in their, under bondage. Okay? Keep people under bondage. You know, the number one problem in families is what? Lack of resources. Yes. It's a, it's a, lack, it's a lack of resources. It's a lack of resources. You know, it's 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 a number one problem in many families. There are lack of resources. When there are resources, there is less stress, more time to focus on other things. Every day you're thinking about how will I pay this? How will I do this? When will you pray? When will you have time for God? But maybe you're going through a certain season in your life where there is lack. Maybe there is little. But this message will help you to understand God. I'm going to shift into Barak. Amen. I'm going to shift into prosperity mode. I'm going to shift into increase mode. You are my supply. You are my resource. Hallelujah. When you shift into that, your spirit man, as you train it, you train your spirit man to overcome and walk in rulership and dominion, you begin to see the shift happen in your life. Amen? Everything that you're praying for begins to fall into place. 
whatever you're struggling to get begins to fall into place. Maybe you struggle for something and it's not come your way. Don't worry. Keep focusing on that shift. Keep focusing on renewing your mind. Everybody say, renew my mind. Strengthen my spirit. Walk in faith. To do this, the shift will come. Once the shift comes, once it's caught into your spirit, everything else will just fall into place. Amen? You will come to a certain point in your life where you don't even have to think. You will just go. You just do. God says, buy that land. You buy. God says, do this thing, project. You will do You don't have to think about it. You just do because you have shifted and, and, and you have trained yourself to walk from a place of God being your provider. God being a source of provision. Everybody say, God is my provider. He is my source of provision. The Bible says, and God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We glorify your name. The entrance of your word brings light. Today, Lord, we submit and surrender and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit who dwells in us to help us to hear you and to walk in total authority and dominion. We bless you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you.